Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guests, Bristol, Jericho, and Ryder, Pat, Bristol, and now, here's your host, Rob Haspani. An awesome show for an awesome audience. Welcome to Squared Circle Pit. I am your host, Rob, as always, at Rob Injection. Thank you for listening to Squared Circle Pit. Special announcement, all episodes of Squared Circle Pit are now available for streaming on Spotify through the Metal Injection Podcast. Just search Squared Circle Pit or Metal Injection Podcast and you will see all of the previous episodes come up, including episodes where I interview Kenny Omega, Eric Bischoff, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, uh, Tools Maynard, James Keenan, all talking about wrestling and heavy metal. Bubba Ray Dudley was another guest. Uh, lots of really, really cool guests talking. Oh, one of my favorites, Corpse Grinder. All that is available on Spotify, available on iTunes, and wherever fine podcasting is available, like Stitcher and Google Play. All that good stuff. Got a loaded show, so I'm not going to spend much time on my intro because I get into it huge. First up, I have Chris Jericho. Chris wanted to come on to just talk about the uh, upcoming cruise, which sounds like the dream vacation for any listener of Squared Circle Pit combining rock and professional wrestling. We talk all about the cruise and all about some fun other stuff. And then I get on the phone with a, a big friend of mine, well, he's, he's actually smaller than me, but he's he's a good friend of mine, <laughs> and he's a big wrestling fan, and uh, his name is Pat Driscoll, and he, he worked with Chris. He wrote for Chris on some of the recent award shows that Chris hosted, so we talked to Pat about working with Chris, and then we get really into it with all the crazy wrestling news of the last few weeks, including All In, including New Japan, including this crazy WWE television deal coming up. So lots of fun topics covered. I'm going to stop talking. Let's get on the horn with Chris Jericho. Now, once again, entering Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit, I have Chris Jericho. Chris, it was raining terribly here in New York City today. All I could think about was how much I wanted to be on the beach. So I don't think there's a more appropriate time to talk about your awesome cruise coming out, the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea this October. Yeah, it's exciting um, to uh, to get this rolling, man. It's been like two years of preparation and a lot of um, a lot of time put into it, but it's exciting now. Like I said, we went on sale about seven months ago, and we got six months left to roll. We're on a sellout pace, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of big, big names on the show. Uh, you guys are bringing in a ton of awesome legends, which I think is so cool that uh, anyone that buys a ticket will have access to all the meet and greets, all the wrestling, all the bands. And just to go through some of the talent list, uh, the special guests include Diamond Dallas Page, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Raven, Rey Mysterio. And then uh, on the wrestling end, you're going to be doing a Sea of Honor tournament with Ring of Honor. And there's some big names like Cody, the Young Bucks, the world champion of Ring of Honor, Dalton Castle, Marty Skrull, and your old nemesis, Kenny Omega, is going to be there, too. So there's going to be a lot of big-name talent on this boat with wrestling fans for four days. It's going to be a fun time, it sounds like. Well, what I wanted to do was uh, I, you know, I couldn't put together you know, a lineup, a roster of, of wrestlers you know, 13 months away 
not knowing who's going to be signed by WWE or who's going to be working here or who might be hurt. So I figured if I signed a whole company under the banner of, of, of the company, then whoever was working there, whoever was able to, would be there. Um, and that's kind of was the first part. I wanted to really focus on, on having a great collection on the wrestling side and on the music side. Whether you're a wrestling fan, you're covered. Whether you're a rock and roll fan, you're covered. Whether you love stand-up comedy, you're covered. Whether you love live podcasting, you're covered. And everything in between. So um, it, it took a long time to kind of build up this roster, but I'm looking at it now. I can't believe how many people are on this ship. And like you said, when you, when you um, reserve your cabin, it's all-inclusive. Everything that you do uh, is, 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 is basically... You know, in, included in the price for so all of these activities, all the things you can see, all the meetings, all the signatures, all the photos, it's all there. You don't have to pay an extra dime. So I think once people figure that out, even more so, this cruise will go on for a long, long time. And the coolest thing about cruises like this is, you know, for the most part, there's no backstage, there's no VIP area. The entire cruise is the VIP area. So you're going to be seeing Jay Briscoe walking around, <laughs> Mark Briscoe walking around. You're going to be seeing all these legends just walking around, being personable, and, and it's just going to be a fun time for wrestling and rock fans. It, it, that's the impression I get. This is the first annual one, so you can't tell until it happens, but it seems well, like it. Well, like you said, you know, I got this idea from doing the Kiss Cruise in five years later, a few years ago, and there's nowhere to hide. You know, you are on the boat, and the first day, everybody wants to talk to you and take a picture. The second day, it's a little bit less. The third day, you're just kind of hanging out with the newfound friends that you make, uh, you know, on the cruise. So, um, and then there's a whole culture of people that go over here, go to meet up with each other every year. They're, they're happy to, to book it. As soon as the next one's announced, they're booking it already. Uh, at least that's the idea for the kids side of things. And that's all I want for, uh, for, for, for the Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Razor at Sea. I want this to be something that every year people are excited about. And every year they're booking it no matter what, knowing that it's going to be a great time and knowing that they're going to have a lot of fun on board. Yeah, and you know, I've been on some of these metal cruises. And the other thing that's great about going on a, a themed cruise such as this, as opposed to just a regular old cruise, is when you go on a regular cruise, you don't want to talk to any. You don't know who these people are that you're on the cruise with. You don't know what you have in common, what their, you know, their thoughts. Right. And but with this, it's like everyone is guaranteed to be a wrestling fan. You will be able to talk wrestling with every single person on the boat. You'll you'll be able to have that in common, and and it's a very commute. It's almost like a you're bringing together a wrestling village on the sea. There's going to be thousands of people, all with the same interests, all all with the same knowledge, just hanging out having a. Good well, I mean, I based it on, on, you know, once again, what I'm into, you know, and then yeah. I'm known for being a musician and being a wrestler. And there's people that like both. I mean, obviously, both uh, sides of the coin have a, a big, um, you know, kind of meeting in the middle circle where, where you're fans of both. And that's what I'm focusing on. And you're right. You know, I, this is the type of place that when you go on board, you know exactly what you're getting into. And there's a lot of people coming by themselves. And they're like, oh, I don't know where to go with. Well, you got a whole ship of people who are into the same stuff as you are. And, you know, with the Ring of Honor, you know, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes culture right now, they're huge on, uh, you know, uh, in Hot Topic with all the, the merchandise they're selling, um, the matches they're creating, they're moving and shaking too. So this is kind of the real cool, you know, hip place to be. 
um, for that aspect of it. And if you're an old school wrestling fan that knows nothing about Ring of Honor, well, you got you know Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Ricky Steamboat, Raven, Rey Mysterio, Conan. Uh, you know the list goes on and on and on of people that you can see from you know that side of the coin as well. So I really wanted to make it a good collection of you know of uh, of old and new. So whether you're whatever side of the coin you're on, I mean, fuck, everyone knows Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller, you know what right. I mean? So whether you're a Ring of Honor fan, you can know who those guys are. Ray Mysterio will be there, um, you know, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to make a real good mix. I find like when you're talking about Shiprock, there's 65 bands. That's a lot of the same thing. I, that's why I didn't want this to be just a wrestling cruise or just a rock and roll cruise or just a Fozzie cruise or whatever it may be. I wanted it to be a cross section of a diverse f- forms of entertainment. Same thing that you get when you're a Chris Jericho fan. You know what I mean? When you, yeah. when you listen to talk to Jericho, my podcast, we're all over the place when it comes to subjects and guests and that sort of a thing. Um, and that's the way I like it. And that's the way I wanted this cruise to be. So I formulated it and formatted it that way. And I love that you guys, you have some cover bands on here. You have Blizzard of Ozzy, Shoot to Thrill, Cherry Bombs. I think cruises and cover bands go so well together because you're having a good time. You get to hear that classic track that you love while, you know, possibly being a little toasted on, on some booze. And it, and it works well, great. It's, it's something that Kiss does. I mean, they have a Beatles tribute band. they got a Zeppelin tribute band. I mean, the Shoot to Thrill... I wanted an ACDC cover band. Then when I found that there was female ACDC cover band, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. That's something I want to see. Uh, an Ozzy cover band, uh, tribute band, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot. There's basically going to be a lot of fun. And I was wondering what, I know obviously the cruise is six months down the line, but do you have an idea of what the like daily schedule kind of looks like? Like is the wrestling happening, you know, at night and then like the podcasting and, and meet and greets during the day? Like what, what how yeah, is that's it? That's a little bit too far down the road. I think we're just starting. We're still booking people. People are still contacting me. We're still adding people to it. Like, you know, I think there's one of the biggest comedy troops in the world wants to be involved just because they're huge wrestling fans. So, I'm trying to figure out a way to get it past the managers that they're doing this cruise for nothing because they just want to be a part of it. And that's, so that's the thing. Like you have a certain amount of budget that you want to use. Uh, but a lot of people are coming aboard saying, I don't want anything. I just want to be a part of it. Cause it's the first one ever. I've never been on a cruise before. Sounds like fun. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that I paid a lot of money to at the start that I probably wouldn't have paid that much money to now, but you know, you're learning and I, this is the first one. So, um, as the months go on, the weeks go by, we finally get the roster more finalized. I mean, this thing is ridiculous with how many people are on it. I mean, if you don't, if you like wrestling or music and you don't want to go, uh, because you think there's not enough value for what you're getting, then you're never going to be happy because this is like I said, it's jam packed all across the board with everything you could want if you're in the, you know, in the same thing that I'm into. So. Yeah, I remember when you first announced it, Ron Funch has just tweeted you like, hey, Chris, I want on this cruise. I want to do stand-up. Just let me know what I got to do. And then a few days well, later, he was thing, And then I got to call Ron back and say, hey, man, I don't have a huge budget, but I have this historical awesome thing. I know you love wrestling. I know you want to be a part of it. And Ron was one of those guys. I, mean, I, I pulled a lot of favors on this cruise, but what's the real favor? a paid vacation watching wrestling and, and rock and roll and everything between like, it's not that hard of a sell. 
You know, right, like, right. Can you do me a favor and get on board a ship in a nice cabin and come, you know, have some fun in the sun for four days? Can you do that favor, please? Now, you've been having, uh, besides the cruise, you've been having a really busy year in general, like all hands on deck, pardon the pun, uh, with with your career. You, you just got off the road with Fozzie. You had a five-star match to kick off the year. And we're not even, four, we're four months into the year. <laughs> It's been a crazy year for Chris Jericho so far. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's, I'm really fortunate at this point in time where, like I mentioned, I can pretty much just do what I want to do and um, have some fun. You know, the whole thing with the Kenny Omega thing that was just, you know, worked out timing-wise and uh, something that I was just very excited about because of the fact that Kenny was also from Winnipeg like I am. And... Um, you know, people really enjoyed it and were excited with it. And uh, I think that um, it was a once-in-a-lifetime chance, I guess you'd say. So I like that sort of stuff. I like surprising people and, and, and giving them something that they never thought they would see. Um, so it's, it's been a good year, like you mentioned, and, and we'll continue to make it good. Uh, with yeah, it was cool. That I'm working on and, it was cool with the Kenny thing, how you kept it a complete, like nobody knew that you were coming to New Japan until that video played a few months before the match. And I just remember, you know, I'm here in New York, so obviously it happened in the middle of the night. And I just like woke up checking my Twitter in the bathroom and just like, what? Chris Jericho just challenged Kenny. And I'm like, that's not real. That can't be right. And then I saw the video and I'm like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I know, man. Like I said, that's that's kind of the way I like to do it. So yeah. um, maybe there's more of those in the future. Uh, maybe there isn't, but you never know with me, and I'll never tell you either way. Awesome. One last question. Uh, what are you? Anything that you've been listening to lately? That uh, obviously I know you've been on the road, so you've been a little busy. But anything tickling your ear in terms of music? I like the Greta Von Fleet record. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. But you know, the, most of the stuff that I hear is is pretty stock for me um but uh yeah i think probably the best thing i've heard in a while is, is the girl on street record that's a lot of fun yeah and they're and, pretty and they're pretty great live too yeah you know it's like oh it's Ze zeppelin rip off and it's like well who cares if zeppelin isn't around anymore that was 40 years ago yeah and if, somebody else come in there it's the same vibe and you know who cares what's yeah and if you're gonna rip doing? off anybody rip off the greatest rock band of, or one of the greatest rock bands well, of all time exactly. yeah exactly i mean we <laughs> just did it with the beatles in the 90s Let's have uh, these guys do it now in the, in the 2018. So thanks, uh, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, thanks for your uh, time. Thank you so much, Chris. The Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager happening October 27th through the 31st. You can get your tickets at chrisjerichocruise.com. And let's keep the ball rolling. Keep that train moving. And other cliches, because I want to now introduce Pat. Pat Driscoll is coming on the show to uh, talk some more pro wrestling. Entering the squared circle pit, tagging in from Chris Jericho, we got Pat Driscoll. <laughs> Am I pronouncing your, I don't think I've ever said yeah. your last name out loud. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's right. Uh, Pat, First Pat is a producer and a writer, and you've worked with Chris before, which is kind of why I wanted to have you guys together. Uh, you worked with him not on the wrestling side, on the heavy metal side. Tell us about that. Yes, I uh, was a writer for two Golden Gods shows and then a writer for the roast of Zach Wilde and also the Loudwire Awards with uh, Josh Bernstein. 
So, uh, so yeah, I got to work with Chris a bunch of times over the past few years. And you, you even made an on-camera appearance uh, at the Loudwire Awards. Uh, very much <laughs> making your entire uh, religion proud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was the name of the character? Uh, the, on the the Eddie Money bit. Yeah. Well, weren't you like a Jewish? Weren't you like the Jewish accountant or whatever? What was that? That's what I'm thinking of. Oh no that that was for one of the um, for the ads. But yes, I did appear. <laughs> What the hell was my name? <laughs> I don't remember what the character's name was, but yeah, uh, I, Abe, Abraham, Abe Goldstein, maybe. So Abe that Goldstein? was different than the Eddie Money character. The Eddie Money thing, I was just I was just like supposed to be a fan who won. A oh, okay. Who won two tickets to Paradise? Nice. So I got to be on stage with Eddie Money and Chris Jericho and be whisked away by both of them. So that was fun. <laughs> Now, what's it like writing writing jokes for Chris Jericho? Is he a good collaborator? Yeah, I mean, you kind of just write jokes and then Chris does what he wants with them, but that's the best collaborator mm -hmm. to have because he knows exactly what he wants. And we sort of, like, know the template for where he's going to go. So you kind of, like, give him a couple of options. But Chris is, you know, he's been a wrestler forever he knows how to cut promos he does this <clears throat> he's been doing this his whole life so he sort of takes it and always makes it his own so that's kind of an awesome collaborator to have because he's very involved with everything he's not the type of guy who just you know takes the script and does it word for word he sort of wants to have his spin on it and that's awesome because he's like really involved and really into it that's cool. And so with these awards, there's a lot of big names backstage. What was like the craziest moment for you? Do you have like a, a lasting memory of like, how the, what, what the hell am I doing back here? Every single time I'm back there, I don't know what I'm doing back there. Meeting Chris just in and of itself is insane because like I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. And I really, I mean, he, I try really hard not to be a mark around Chris still. Like, I, he definitely knows that I'm a wrestling fan, but I don't play my cards <laughs> as much as I would love to. Um, but, uh, yeah, backstage at those things is always crazy. It's like Tony Yomi's uh, walking down the hall, and there's Rob Halford. And, you know, I was Lemmy a couple of years ago, and, you know, Kerry King. And it's just, it's an insane, uh, it's an insane backstage area to be around. Especially because I'm, you know, a comedy writer who loves heavy metal. But I'm not, I was like grandfathered into this world because of Josh Bernstein, who's a mutual friend of ours, and who's allowed me to be, take part in so many of these projects. So I would never be around those people in any other right. setting. So it's really, really cool. And we actually have had Josh Bernstein on Squared Circle Pit a, a, a while ago. So he has yes. a lot of great stories from these award shows as well. For our humble listener who'd like to go back in our archives and take a listen. He can spin a yarn, that guy. He can spin a yarn. So go back and listen. <laughs> uh, and you're saying you're a comedy writer. Uh, what are some mm -hmm. What are some uh, highlights of your comedy writing credits? Well, comedy writer and a TV producer. So I've worked, you know, the New York scene doing like a lot of the Viacom shows, producing on those, field producing on those MTV shows mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I worked, I, I was a writer's assistant in SNL for about three years 
And then um, I did a lot of uh, sketch comedy in the city. And then a few years back, uh, my two writing partners and I had a web series called Tiny Apartment that did pretty well. And we ended up shooting a pilot for Comedy Central. Ultimately, it did not get picked up, but that was sort of like the last big kind of cool uh, thing that we got to do a 22 minute pilot and shot it here in the city in New York. And it was, uh, you know, it's pretty incredible experience. Yeah, that's awesome. And like working with SNL, I always feel like SNL is like a wrestling show about comedy. Like you kind of, you kind of have totally. to book it. Like, would you agree with that? Like it, it's booked like a wrestling show almost. 100% comedy and wrestling is like, you know, like that's why so many wrestlers think they're comedians now. <laughs> uh, because it, it is, they are like similar businesses. You know, you sort of like come up from, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you pay your dues, you go up every night. So it's like stand up and wrestling is so mm. similar. You know, you go up every night, you hone your craft to get better and better and better. And there's always like a, someone who is the Roman Reigns, who is like <laughs> the mainstream Dane Cook comic, who everybody who gets all the money. And then there's the smaller guys who, you know, are cult favorites. It's, it's, it's so similar, but SNL itself is very much, uh, yeah, I mean, they're both run by 70-something-year-old maniacs, right? <laughs> In the best right. way possible. They're the best They're the best people to ever do it, and that's why. Yeah, if it right. wasn't run by a maniac, it would have gone under a long time ago, I think, Both for both of them. Exactly, I agree. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking at a very interesting time in wrestling, and, and, and Pat, we are friends, IRL, and... and Pat yes. and I, you know, you, you keep up with wrestling just as much as I do. So there's so much going on, like just in the last week, like with business, just with the business of, of pro wrestling. First off, the All In Show selling out in half an hour. It's the largest, Unreal. largest independent wrestling show uh, in like 2030, like in forever, ever. It really is the largest yeah, independent show ever. Much, yeah. Forever. And uh, so that did you did you get tickets? Were you thinking about going? I got oh, tickets. Oh, wow. Going. You are all in. I am going. I am all in for all in. Uh, I felt like I kind of just couldn't miss it. You know, it's like this. It's so cool right now because if you've been in interested in independent wrestling really forever, but especially within like the last three or four years, like you've sort of seen these guys, especially the Young Bucks and Kenny, you've seen these guys sort of like become these household names in a way and like turn completely turn the business on its head so you feel even though i have, don't know those people personally at all but you feel a, a personal connection to them and i think a big part of that is uh being the elite the the show they do which kind of like lets you in and even though it's you know scripted and silly and fun a lot of the time you definitely get a sense that you want to be there for those guys and i felt that like i really felt that leading up to all in and I don't usually travel for shows. I've actually never done it. It's been my first show in Chicago. Um, but, you know, I have some friends there, so there's a place to stay, and there was a, a reason to go. So I'm super excited about it. And I, we don't even know what the yeah, car is. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely uh, wanted to go. I just was not by my computer when tickets went on sale, and I was like, ah, I missed it. But it looks... But you had to think. I didn't think it was going to be... I thought there'd be tickets for at least yeah, a few days. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to sell out. I did not think it was going to sell out in 30 minutes. I thought it would be, I agree. No way. Because also, what, what made me think that, too, was the New Japan show, because New Japan has that show in San Francisco. The difference is New Japan right. is charging twice as much for tickets as All In was, but mm -hmm. there's still tickets available. Like, they sold 4,000 tickets, and then there's plenty left. 
Like I could, I could go on yeah. right now and buy them, but I'm not gonna. I, I thought about it because <laughs> I love New Jersey, yeah. but that's too much of a <laughs> too much of a schlep to go to the other side of the country. Did you go for any of the the G one shows in Southern? No, California? no, no, no. I did not or go. No, I, no. I, yeah, no. it's always something where I'm like, oh, should I do it? Because the the only time I pulled the I trigger know. was for Battle of Los Angeles last year. I know, and that was totally worth it. But it was intense, which I am I am forever jealous of. I because I will probably I will never see PWG in uh, in Reseda. Yeah, it was it was it was a grueling <laughs> but fun experience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to be like, I agree. And I think it's so it's very punk. It's a lot like your favorite punk or metal band, like breaking through and you want to support them. And it's like they're almost like they just got signed to a big label and, and you want to like make sure they have a good first week sales. I feel like that's kind of like what this all in show is, is like everyone is rooting for the young bucks to succeed. Everyone is rooting for independent wrestling. I feel independent wrestling right now is it's like the golden age of it because it's so accessible with the internet you could do a stream you could do a, a fucking gif at this point totally. get, gets get someone a career uh and all of this stuff it like there are and i think it kind of plays into what wwe is doing because wwe right now is also in a sense kind of almost as popular as it was in the attitude era uh or the awareness is at that level but I feel like pe people who are like real wrestling fan, like true diehard wrestling fans, aren't really satisfied with what WWE is giving them. And they're looking for these alternate means and they're seeing these indie shows and these pe people catering to their tastes. Uh, and uh, it it's kind of everyone is growing out of it. I would totally agree with that. You're absolutely right. And there is, that's the thing. Like if you're a wrestling fan and you are unsatisfied with what WWE is giving you, not only is there just a plethora of independent wrestling and, and foreign wrestling, but WWE also has arguably the best, one of the best indies going on there. Oh, own that's a great point. Yeah. NXT. So it's like, you, you, it's a, it's a, a phenomenal and interesting time to it be is. a wrestling fan. Sorry. But could you imagine? Like, no, no, you go ahead. Sorry. You go. <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, could you imagine, like, uh, even just two years ago, like, the thinking about WWE working with Progress, working with Evolve, like, letting Chris Hero go to England, who's a, who's a contracted talent, and work their uh, Super Strong Style 16 show in Progress? Like, that's just mind-blowing that that's happening. I agree completely. And even just seeing, like, TNA footage on the WWE Network... For like, yeah, or crazy. or with this Hardy's DVD, they're they're going to be putting out a Hardy's DVD. We're gonna they're going to have WWE is putting out a DVD with TNA footage of like the Ultimate Deletion all that. Like that to me is huge. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. yeah. They're putting out a Hardy's DVD. It's going to be like a new documentary. It's like a three disc set, and it's going to show the entire broken story with all of the footage oh, wow. from uh, TNA. And I I'm unsure like what the deal is i know I, I feel like tna might have given them a really low licensing fee in exchange for having the watermark on the footage and they at the, at the end okay. of the show there's a graphic in the end credits of like to watch more of the hardies you can subscribe to the global wrestling network or whatever they're calling their network right yeah 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 uh but yeah Interesting. That's a good yeah. point you made about WWE has the best indie right now. It's just so, like NXT is the best thing. NXT 
is basically everything that people complain about Raw and SmackDown, what they want out of those shows is what they're getting out of NXT. NXT has just been flawless for the last six months. It's been incredible. And you think of, like, they lost who? Like, Nakamura. They lost Finn Balor. They lost Samoa Joe. And and all of the four horsewomen at the time and Asuka. And it was like, who's going to replenish the ranks? And it's like, it's been easy. It's been, they've done better, like you said, in the last six months. Those three Gargano matches. Yeah. Andrade match, well, two, but there will be a third, I'm sure, five-star Gargano match coming up soon. It's just, like, it's the best stuff. I mean, to me, and I love Kenny and Okada, I love those matches, but this Ciampa Gargano is every bit as good as that. It's just missing the belt. It's Mm -hmm. missing a title. That's a bold statement, my friend. It's definitely up there, and I agree. I think the crazy thing about that beauty is like you're so emotionally into it like uh when they were having the match at the last takeover and there is going to be a third match at this coming takeover in in june Mm -hmm. uh the the thing that kind of stuck out to me is how uh champa is not at all a cool heel like he is just a straight up heel and when uh gargano powerbombed him on the floor and the crowd chanted you deserve it like that is yeah, the ultimate great, heel right? heat. Like, that is... Any heel yeah. would dream for that kind of heat. Like, that is huge. Totally. I think they they benefit a bit from having that kind of smart NXT crowd who sort of plays by the rules a little bit more. Whereas I do wonder if this was playing out on the main roster, I think some fans would probably be cheering for Ciampa just because they have to be contrarian. Yeah. But still, either way, it's it's so wonderful and, and, and fun to watch on the on That's, a, gr- that's I think a good that- point you made, and I think that kind of plays into what we were saying about how NXT gives fans what they want, so they want to play along with the story. With Raw and SmackDown, yeah. it's like, ugh. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't want to see this. So any chance ugh. you have to revolt, or, you know, I'm speaking for these fans, any chance they have to revolt, right. they, they'll do it just because they're sitting there bored. Uh, with what's with right. Sami Zayn coming out with three crossdressers. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Is that where does Bobby Lashley's sisters rank as far as horrible wrestling it's, TV segments? It's it's honestly there? a notch, one notch under Katie Vick for me. Like <laughs> what? Like Katie Vick is the pinnacle of I'm so embarrassed. Like I actually watched that with uh, a friend of mine who was like only a casual. <laughs> wrestling fan and yeah. i was so i was like i was like i'm sorry i i, I apologize to him i'm like we could you we could change yeah. like this is not this is i don't I, I this does not have my seal of approval like that's how i felt i don't know what it was about the angle last night so sammy zane brought out bobby lashley's quote-unquote sisters and they were just three horribly look horrible looking drag queens like they're not even just really bad cross-dressing it's just yeah and it's just it was well who finds this fun like what's the i don't know it was, there were so many questions i had about like why do do this on the day that it was announced that you signed a one billion dollar deal with fox unreal right could like, you like why would you bring this attention upon yourself it didn't make any sense to me it's there there does seem to be every once in a while I, they i think they design 
a, a segment to bomb on purpose, right? That's how it feels because it's like train wreck TV kind of thing. The way, like you know, the old Rock McFoley, "This Is Your Life," which is a bad segment, and but it is not even in the same ballpark as Bobby Lashley's. Uh, the "This Is Your um, Life" segment was a bad segment. The difference was it was with two very charismatic uh, wrestlers who completely. kind of kept exactly. it moving. With this one, like I love Sammy right now. Sammy is so good. Me as too. This George Costanza character that he's doing. Yeah. But like even he could not save like why did the setup have to be like ten minutes and then Bobby Lashley comes out? Like why couldn't it just been a minute? Like the joke is just, hey look, there's these cross dressing women. That's it. The joke like yeah. why torture the crowd? Yeah. Like they torture the crowd into such boredom that even when Bobby Lashley made his comeback, which I thought was a good comeback, like once once the yeah. sisters attacked him, it kind of, which sounds so <laughs> like it was so stupid that I, I had to laugh at that point. Like it became yeah. an okay segment. Like if it just got to that five minutes quicker, it would have not have been the worst segment of the year. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And but even like the way Bobby first comes out, smiling yeah. and like laughing, it's like, what are you doing with Bobby Lashley? They have. They, no they ha- are paying this guy probably so much money, and they've already like lost it. They've they, it's like Pretty the Finn much. Balor thing. Like they ruined it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at him, and you know what to do. You just turn him. Yeah. Down and he's the top heel guy under Brock Lesnar. Because Bobby Lashley had a nice run in I, TNA. I have. Really I didn't watch it. I can't. I mean, I'm I'm kind of starting to get back into Impact now that you know the old guard is gone, but. I heard, yeah, yeah, that he was an excellent heel and that he does much better as a heel. And I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Like, go for it. Get your money's worth. Yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of getting your money's worth, let's talk I, about this deal. So USA Network is, is alleging, uh, the, the reports are, the deals aren't signed, but USA Network is going to be re-signing Raw for like $350 million a year. And then SmackDown is, is moving to Fox, broadcast television, Friday yeah. night's, Fox for uh, approximately two hundred fifty million a year. This is bigger than their entire earnings for the year. It basically invalidates any other business stream. Like this, you know, dwarfs house show revenue, network revenue, any other mm-hmm. revenue is nothing. Like WWE is now a TV business. I think this is going to have a big effect on everything. What what is your what is your take on it? Yeah, it's it's changes the business, yeah. right? I mean, how could it not? It's just like a tremendous it's a tremendous deal. They'll they'll have so much money just to be able to do whatever they want. Yes. I feel you like know? they can and invest a lot I, more in like network shows in like this UK it's gonna pay yeah, for the UK show. But what I'm curious though is like are wrestlers gonna see a pay bump, you know? I hope so. I mean you would think I, I but yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you would think. Vince McMahon. Right. You would think that the right thing to do would be to give all these guys a pay bump and, and try. Are they going to just go out and willy nilly sign everybody because they can? That's, I, yeah, That's they're going to have all these reserves. And if anybody's, like, if Ring of Honor's making gains and if Ring of Honor gets a, a TV deal, they're going to start, you know, signing up all their talent, giving them more money than any indie can afford to pay them. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, Silas Young getting a cool, like, <laughs> 2.5 mil a year? <laughs> Cheeseburger coming in. 
Uh, I can't imagine that particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take away from Silas Young, who's actually a guy I yeah, yeah. enjoy quite a bit. He's the, I, just the last person I, I think he was in OVW. I think he started there, actually. So they're, they're, he's on oh, the Oh, did radar. he? I didn't know that. That's uh, yeah, like for me also, I'm thinking about like, like uh, it's just a bad look for them that they're this billion-dollar company now and their wrestlers don't have health insurance or they have to pay for their own hotels and like the old the Absolutely. old idea like i remember you know 15 years ago or whatever when vince mcmahon was grilled about this like he takes a very libertarian point of view of like oh well if i'm paying mm-hmm. for your hotel that's that's money that could just be going to your salary and you could just book a motel if you wanted and keep the rest of the money or you could book a five-star hotel if you want you know so i'm giving you the choice yeah. and, and same with the health insurance and it's like Hey, that makes sense when you're like, you know, a small time company, but you're, you're huge now. You should be paying them really well and giving them a fucking hotel and having, and having transportation. It's absurd. I mean, I'm sure. They should all get company costs. Yeah. I mean, I guess there, there, I guess like I've heard wrestlers and like Jericho says that he likes traveling on his own. He prefers because it's mm-hmm. like the only alone time that he gets. But I don't know, man. Right. If I if I get the option of either like a bus sh- chauffeuring me, you know, from town to town or having to drive seven hours after wrestling, I'm going to pick the bus. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Take a nap. Yeah. Back. And it. it it's yeah. just it helps it only helps the company because it's like when you're sitting like that that's not good for your body you're you're more prone to injury mm-hmm. you got to take totally. it. and i feel like they should yeah. do less house shows i think the house shows it's like the the amount of revenue that they bring in is not as much uh, important to their bottom line anymore and it's a more of a risk of injury to these wrestlers well, I, I wonder what will happen because house shows if they do SmackDown Live on Friday, which is, I guess is a question. If it's I don't think live. it's a question but at all. I can't imagine money. them not doing it live. They're pay, they're getting paid no. four million an episode. They can afford to hire a yeah. whole other crew. Just like the the reason they didn't do it live before when it was on Thursday or Friday is because the TV crew. There's one crew for all the TV. They have to drive from one place to the other with the set and everything. And it would just they'd be right. sitting around for two days between SmackDown and Raw. Uh, and not doing anything, mm-hmm. but I think they could just have a second crew. So there's one crew that drives to SmackDown and one crew drives to Raw. So there isn't anybody hanging out for two days. Yeah. Well, I wonder, and also because Vince McMahon, like Vince and Hunter and Stephanie have to go to both TVs. I wonder if, I mean, this will never happen, so I don't even know why I'm saying it. But it would be interesting if Vince took Raw and gave mm-hmm. Hunter uh, SmackDown or vice right. versa. Just to see kind of how that would change the dynamic, but I don't think that he would ever. I don't think he's given up because now it's like, is SmackDown the A show? It kind of is. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's at at the very least they're going to be equal. I feel because, like you Mm -hmm. said, it's network TV. It's it's very prestigious, especially in like the the world that they're in, and like just to say you're on you're on a free network, and also the the amount of cross promo they're going to get, like. Uh, Fox has Thursday night football now. So Thursday night, when they're when they're going yep. to commercial, first commercial is going to be how tomorrow night on SmackDown is going to be AJ Styles versus Nakamura, you know, or still, still, in, in still at twenty nine, they're still running the they're program, still, yeah, still, still with the low blows to get to that stipulation. Match. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, and I think that's that's. 
to me, the coolest thing is that it's going to be on Fox. Like, as a wrestling fan, I'm like marking out for WWE. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And man, good for them. I mean, they're doing something right, and it's not necessarily in creative, but. It's pretty. I think Meltzer said, like, in a a newsletter a while ago, he said, like, Vince McMahon has proven over the last 30 years that creative is not the most important business driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't been good forever. It's his big signings. The Ronda Rousey signing was, I think, ended up being bigger than I really gave it credit for it to be at Mm -hmm. the start. It seems like it's gotten a lot of mainstream attention. And uh, and that's huge in these negotiations. Yeah, not yeah, and I I agree exactly. Like there, it's something to put on the on the beginning of the press kit. Like look at our star, and like mm-hmm. an instantly recognizable uh, face. And, and between it's just right. cra- it's crazy how much money they're pulling in from all ends between the TV deals, doing that Saudi Arabia deal, which is for tens of millions of dollars a show, and then now there's they're doing these Australian stadium show there's an australian stadium show for like october that's supposed to be like its own wrestlemania-esque thing it's it's just wwe is it's it's on on a level of it's bigger than anybody could ever imagine i feel in terms of wrestling like taking it out of the smoky clubs to like this i no one yeah absolutely it's wild it's it's definitely not it doesn't feel like wrestling or especially WWE is like as hot as it was in like the late 90s uh, during the attitude era but but it obviously is still hot in a different way in a different what? way I guess. here's the thing I don't know. it's like, not as hot but people are more aware of it and yeah, there's true. less i feel like with the generational turnover there's less of a, a stigma around wrestling of be like it's just entertainment totally. now. It's not like oh you oh this fake like it's just as entertainment as like comic book movies and it, it's just in that same. Mm-hmm. It's like went from a sport to like a comic con type of fandom. I think right, very true, and it's helped by The Rock and John Cena being and Dave Bautista now being such public figures in regular and I guess regular entertainment like actually yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know no that's you're that, right those guys rocks rocks the biggest star in the world John Cena's on the Today Show all the time and Batista's in the biggest movie that ever opened and steals that yeah movie, he's exactly with, hands yeah, down. without question like all three yeah. movies that he's been in he's just been the highlight for sure mm-hmm. uh yeah, which is and what's great. what's pretty great is not only is WDB doing well, New Japan is doing awesome. New Japan is my favorite promotion. You keep up with New mm-hmm. Japan just as I do, which I'm I always I enjoy do. talking New Japan with you. And uh, <laughs> right now it's the Battle of the Super Juniors. I'm you know yes. I never really watched a full Battle of the Super Juniors before. Uh, I would always just wait until people are like, oh, you have to see this one particular match. Uh, but it is interesting yeah. how it is essentially the G1. What I love about New Japan, which I think WWE can uh, uh, take note of, is they give everybody a shot to be in the main event. You know, everyone gets yeah. a turn, and and it might not be the biggest show, but it's still a prestigious thing. Like, on the first night of the, the Super Juniors, it was Ishimori versus Will Ospreay in the main event. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a main event. Like, that's, you know... A, yeah. A, a, and it was a great main event. They had a great match. And Ishimori basically got made in one match. Absolutely, yeah. He, he, that was a fantastic match, and um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. 
it's like Ishimori just showing up and uh, being revealed as Bone Soldier. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God it was like just bone when, when Ishimori turns face, does he become the new Captain New Japan? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Uh, I would love that though. But yeah. Come on. Uh, but yeah, and and you're right. Made in that night, you know, it was a it was a great match. That spot where Osprey leapfrogged over the chairs and freaking did that dive was come on. Osprey is he's incredible. An, I hope he's around in five years, man. He is so good. Oh, I know, I know. It's it's questionable. Yeah, it's and, questionable. He takes some risks. And also, um, some other. I like the Marty Scroll uh, Takahashi match. Yes. I mean, Takahashi's one of my favorites. Agreed. He's just so fun. What an interesting, like, unique character. And it's and it's gotten over so big. Uh, he's just like a, a weirdo. I love it. It's basically like the all of the Ingobernables. They're just kind of weirdos. And I love Yeah, it. and they really, like, in, Los Ingobernables is the most cohesive faction in pro wrestling. Like, they look like a faction. Totally. Like, they look like a bro. Yes. Like, they hang out all the time. They live together. Yep. <laughs> they go out on the town together. Yeah. They're all, and I yeah. love when they when they have those uh, tags like the four or five man tags. How they do tandem offense with each other. They have like combo moves mm-hmm. that they work out together. Like it's it's which is great. Yeah, it sets them apart yeah. big time. Uh, uh, other stuff that I liked, uh, Dragon Lee, who I think is really underrated. Uh, yeah, that was him my and Show. Show so is really good yeah. too. It's crazy. Like this guy was a young boy a year ago, and now he's having like these killer fucking matches. I, I loved I loved that match. I thought it was just like I, I I'm you know I'm familiar with Dragon Lee mostly just from the stuff with Takahashi. With yeah. Hiroma, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really see him except for those matches, and and I was like really impressed and showy. Yeah, man, that was great. Uh, yeah, this uh, when I was watching these two shows, I just kept going like like whoever produces two hundred five live, can they just like look at this? Like this is what two hundred five live. Could be. <laughs> it's it's t- it's taken so seriously. Yeah. It's a real division. The guy they they don't. It's like they they let really good guys be in that division. And it's not to say that Cedric isn't great and Mustafa Ali isn't great, but they don't treat the two hundred five live. They don't treat those guys like they're real I, stars. They treat them like they're sort of secondary yeah. guys. Who just well, the other thing that I hate about it is like sometimes those matches are just. Like, a 205 Live match is no different than a match on main event in that it's, like, a nothing match. They're not doing anything. They're doing rest holds. Yeah. Uh, set up, set up, you know, heat, heat. And then, Completely. like, one fa- one spot, like, one high spot at the very end. And it's, like, no one wants to see it. Like, if, if we could just watch Raw for that. Like, the matches have to be yeah. more exciting. Like, I feel like if it... A big mistake I feel is that it's on after SmackDown. Like they should either put it on before SmackDown, yeah. maybe do its own taping. Like I don't know why it has to be live. Like who cares? It's like just because the name. Yeah. Like they came up with that rhyming name, and now they have to stick with it. It is. It's like if you put those guys in front of the full sale crowd, and again, the, not that the full sale crowd is my favorite crowd by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, but, but still, but they'll know who these people they are. Would yeah. Care. Sometimes yeah, they hit, there's they like a care. really really good match on 205. But because the crowd is on their hands, it doesn't even feel like I'm just like, this is great. Like, what is wrong with this crowd? Like, the, like, I, I, I forgot yeah. what the match was, but there was some 
I think it might have been like it was like a Drew Gulak and, and someone else, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is like a like at an indie show. Yeah. This would be like the crowd would be popping for every move." But because Absolutely. it's fucking ten thirty on a Tuesday, everyone <laughs> yeah. wants to go home, or, or everyone is waiting for Daniel Bryan to come out for the dark match, so they just want this to be mm-hmm. over so they can go home. And it's it's just yeah, they did a, when they were running the tournament like for the cruiserweight yeah. title, like right after the he who shall not be named got fired. Uh, but they, they Roddy had like an amazing match with somebody. Yeah, Mustafa or like Ali I think a day of Tommy might have been. Maybe, yeah. And I remember just being like, exactly what you said. If this was an indie show, this would be, everyone would be going yeah. nuts. But, but they're just, yeah, they're, they're putting it in front of the, not necessarily the wrong audience, but just the wrong time. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really not, a big issue. It, like, WWE is putting out so much content now, they kind of stopped editing themselves, I feel, to a yeah. fault. Like, with uh, the last pay-per-view backlash, which now seems like it's forever ago, but it was only two... I can't believe two that. Weeks yeah, ago. that was only two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> that was the worst thing. I could not, and I couldn't believe. Like, why did it? Ha- and it went long. It didn't need to go long. <laughs> went like forty yeah. minutes long, right? Or yeah, I no, I think it, it ended at like eleven thirty, eleven forty. Like for no reason. <laughs> for no, like they didn't have to have yeah. that big music segment in the middle. Which, although to be fair, was probably like the third most entertaining thing on the show. I agree, but it because of that, <laughs> it made the main event suffer, and then the main event didn't need to yes. be forty minutes when everyone knew what the ending was going to be. Right. Exactly. Yes. It's just a. It's a it's very. A, I feel like their pacing lately has just been bad. Like there's just too much. Yeah, I agree. There's it, there's too much content, and it's not gonna get you know with this these deals are not gonna slow no. it down. Yeah, you now know. every pay per view is now starting at seven, starting an hour earlier. I know it's gonna be four hours, <laughs> which is just like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I know, and it's like, and, and for what like Jinder Mahal, right. Roman Reigns, yeah. And I'm not a Roman. No, I like writer. Roman. I think you probably we've talked yeah. about this, right? Yeah, I actually really like. I think Roman is, gets a real bad rap. But oh man, some that's not well. I just be they fun. don't know how to write for him. They write for him to be booed. I feel is the problem. They really do. They they never. My biggest gripe with that character now they've sort of rectified this a little. But for so long it was like I never knew what Roman like. Wanted. Yeah. Like they're never like why does Roman want it? Just felt like Roman was the top guy because he was gonna be the top guy and that was it. There was no like championship desire there is now like they've they've made that his sort of like backbone now but for so many years it was just like roman was just a guy who was gonna be the top guy so here he is having a bunch of matches and they were always good matches but i get why people didn't connect with him. i agree and i think it's also just because he would win so decisively always and it was just it was annoying it yeah. kind of was like that john cena superman thing that people were kind of bleh about right Right. And and I think I, I sometimes forget because John Cena has been like just resoundingly booed forever. But now everybody sort they boo him. But we still have a kind of begrudging respect for him at this point. We like him now. But during the time when John was like really hated by like smarter fans, he was really. Hated. Yeah, it was unbearable. I still haven't yeah, gotten over it, it, honestly. I don't I don't <laughs> hate him as much, but still. It's kind of like with uh, with Triple H. Like I, he's done so much good now. But then you think about Uncle yeah. Paul. But you think about all the like 
that the ruthless aggression error or whatever when it was just like so just unwatchable <laughs> well i mean there is like anytime you feel too close to triple h just remember that he beat yes that's my go- in like the most that's always my go-to the racist yeah. one just remember that rob van dam never ever got a push because because he was on the same show as triple h but it's crazy yeah right? crazy um but yeah uh it's an exciting time to be i agree fan. there's just a ton to yeah do. and there's so much other let stuff. me yeah, ask please go ahead how how what do you feel so who do you feel is like the next indie guy who's not signed who can like make an actual impact because i feel like a lot of these guys are being brought in and then being brought up to the main roster and not necessarily just indie guys but you look at the revival you look at like the nxt guys mm-hmm. they bring up who are awesome and they just don't do anything them so do you see anybody like on the indies now who you're like oh man that because i remember when mike bennett first started in ring of honor and the ring of honor fans hated him i was like this guy is going to be a perfect wwe wrestler and now he's like signed and right on the card so do you see anybody who you think is like he's going to be a big star uh i think uh in evolve uh austin theory is that his name that guy totally yeah, yeah, looks yeah, like a yeah. WWE wrestler to me. Like totally like uh, yeah. kind of like the Mike Mike Bennett thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I'm really afraid that as much as I love, love Ricochet and I'm rooting for him so hard, I feel like he's going to be totally me lost too. as soon as he gets to the main mm-hmm. roster or given that like Evan Bourne spot of like, oh, he does a flashy yeah. move, but he's always going to lose to like, like a jobber to the stars kind of guy. Like he'll lose to, any, he, yeah. he might get a, a win here and there, but anytime he faces someone important, he's going to lose. It's kind of like Finn right now. That's what they're doing yeah. with Finn. Yeah, which is just so like, they, they've kind of wasted, but you know what? I feel like that's kind of WWE. They kind of fuck up with somebody and like they continue fucking yeah. up and then that person kind of rebuilds themselves and then gets somewhere. Like yeah. that's kind of what happened with Seth Rollins. He came back, they they totally, totally. botched his comeback completely. And like he lost a, he became not like he faded into the background and then slowly climbed his way out to like whereas now he's the most over guy in WWE, I would say. He really should it's insane like he, he should, should be, be the top guy. Like I loved Brock Lesnar, but Brock has got to go. I'm so, I was so bummed that he resigned. I was like, ah, just Me we too. need a break. Like he doesn't want to do anything. He's yeah. not like I mean, hey, more power to him <laughs> if he can get away with it. Yes, I'm yeah, not blaming absolutely. him for this, but as a as a no. fan, I'm like, ah, it's not the same Brock Lesnar that was destroying John Cena with 16 suplexes or whatever. Like I yeah. want that, but if yeah. And it is, and it is hard. Like as much as like you think, as people will say, like that eh, doesn't matter if the title's on the show every week, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't no. help. And it, and it, it's you know? kind of become this thing now where the title I feel has, it's been so long that the title has lost value to the point like oh it's just like, the title is facing Brock. It's not necessarily the title. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's this weird thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, all right, well, uh, but let's true. see who. On the indies right now, I could see WWE really wanting to make a play for the Young Bucks because they feel threatened by their business acumen and just they would be completely lost in the shuffle. They would be the revival. There's no way. I can't I can't imagine. I agree. I don't think they should go. I don't think they should ever go. I don't think they should. 
This should be their legacy. And even if they do go, it still is a towering legacy. I think what the Young Bucks have done, I'm so like impressed Agreed. by everything Agreed. they've done. They just they they knew how to use social media. Just they that they have Funko to... Pops is insane. That's yeah, yeah it's that's incredible. a huge huge accomplishment. Like that's mainstream as mainstream is. Yeah, and no matter and you know they're not for everybody. Their style of wrestling mm-hmm. isn't for everybody, and I get that. But doesn't matter. Like just you have to sit back and go, how did they even like how did they even get here? Like how did they yeah. do that? And they did their style was super indie but like they did it kind of differently than everybody and you know here we are and i think i have so much respect agreed for these guys. and if they do go i'll wish them Absol- the best, yeah. but i don't i don't i don't i can't imagine them being um handcuffed to sort of the wwe way of mm-hmm. things uh i don't know do, do you have any guys on the indies you think are going to be big wwe guys i wondered i always like i can't imagine I just think Matt Riddle is such a home run, but all the stories about them not wanting him for whatever yeah, it reason. No sense. If they haven't gotten him, <laughs> it makes yet, no sense. It's not happening. Yeah. A Keith Lee, I guess, signed. I'm a big Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee. I think he's got all the charisma in the world. I think if they were smart, they could, and I don't know if they are, but I think you could make Keith Lee a big time top contender. Yeah, guy. I agree. I agree. They could really do a lot with him and he can kind of, you know who really impressed me? Samoa Joe uh, on the main. I thought yeah. like once he, he got to the main, they kind of messed him up a little, but that injury was the best thing that happened to him because he is like, mm-hmm. he got like, he got himself over, I feel. Like they weren't going to yeah. get him over. But anytime I his music hits and the crowd starts chanting Joe, it's totally yeah, it's cool. that same. I have that same feeling like we were talking about earlier, like your hometown guy making it. Like, like yeah. I was rooting for yeah. Joe 10, 12 years ago when he was facing CM Punk and Ring yeah. of Honor. I'd be like, this guy's the fucking man. Mm-hmm. So to see him get this, it's like, it's so exciting. And I feel like Keith Lee has the charisma uh, to be that kind of guy. And it made me realize I really want to see a Joe versus Keith Lee match. <laughs> oh yeah that would be something the thing with joe that's so i was like not crazy about joe's stuff in mm-hmm. nxt and i don't know if he was going at half speed because it was just like he didn't really have to go full speed but uh not that i hated or anything it's just like it wasn't like mm-hmm. blowing me away but when he finally got up to that main roster he turned it on so strong and now now he's one of the highlights of the show every week i agree yeah i feel like and those promos. Just, yeah, he's the full package. He's fully realized, I feel. Yeah, he fe- and he feels like, I feel like he would go in there and beat the shit out of anybody. Agreed. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, he's the one guy I believe could actually beat Brock Lesnar. If, if like, if it was the right yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, like, I wish that match was longer, but. He, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't want to wrestle. <laughs> No, he's, he's, like, I go. he's in there for a tight 12 <laughs> with entrances. Tight 12. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, Pat, thank you so much for hanging out. Oh, this was, was so great. fun. I love it. Uh, Anytime. You know, you know me. If you, uh, if you want to fo- follow Pat on Twitter, Pat D says S E Z. Yeah. Is the handle. Yeah, P-A-T-D-S-E-Z. I talk, tweet a lot about There wrestling. we go. <laughs> Pat, thank you so much, man. Uh, I'll s- Thanks so much. Yeah, this yeah, was awesome. I agree. I'll see you at the next indie show. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. 
Really fun time hanging out with Pat talking wrestling. Definitely going to have to have him back on the Squared Circle Pit, the intersection of heavy metal and pro wrestling. And thank you, as always, for listening. Would love any feedback you happen to have. I'm on social media, facebook.com slash squared circle pit, twitter.com slash squared circle pit, no E in circle for Twitter. And it's Rob. I'll be back in a few weeks with another episode of the most metal wrestling podcast in the world. <laughs>